I just thought I'd read it. It was on the, the psalm on the ca- my calendar this morning. It's the 100th psalm, and it's just a short psalm. I will read it. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you men. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and unto his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Shall we humble our hearts in a word of prayer? Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this privilege that we can come this morning and fellowship and gather around your word. We ask that you would be so gracious as to bless us, that we would be given leadership in our nation, in our communities, that we could continue to be able to do this in openness and in freedom. We ask that you would give us wisdom to walk in this freedom with integrity and wisdom, that we could show others and that others would be led to you and that we would use it wisely we ask that your spirit would work in hearts that they would be drawn and that there would be a hunger and a need for that message of salvation through Christ and we ask that you would bless us here this morning and each and every time that you are so gracious to allow us to gather that your spirit would lead and guide and that that message of what Christ has done and that message of salvation would be first and foremost and that we could be refreshed each and every time and that our hearts could be given faith and that we would be given hearts that would desire to share that with others whether it be with neighbors, whether it be with our own friends, our family, our children, that that would be first and foremost the message. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who's taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Shall we continue at 
Looks like we've got a full house this morning. And be thankful for that. Somehow I don't feel very close to God this morning for the Word. So even as Shane is mentioned in his prayer, I need your prayers. For our text this morning, we'll read from the 8th chapter of Romans. I'll read the 12th verse through the end of the 18th, reading these words in Jesus' name. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if, if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy, worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be multiplied unto each one gathered here this morning, now and forever. Amen. It starts off there. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. It's a continuation of, of what is what is the, the first I guess it's 11 verses there in chapter 8 of Romans. And I'll just read the last two verses before I read 10 and 11 there before 12. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I guess I have that thought that what is this spirit or, or who is it or where is it? And I'm not sure if I can put it into words, but it's the, it is the spirit of God and the power of God and the power of what it was that, that, that brought salvation into this world for each of us as individuals. It says, if, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. I guess I find that quite humbling because if we look at Jesus, how he left this world and the, the, or the uh, things that took place shortly before that, Jesus telling his disciples what would happen to him and his disciples made it plain to him that this won't happen to you. Peter, Peter speaks, he does the speaking and, and all the disciples agreed with that, that we won't let anything, any harm befall you. And, and, and I might add that, that they, they had this thought, it doesn't say it in that many words, but not us. We wouldn't let anything bad befall you. Of course, Jesus 
being God and man, knew all things, and he knew how, how much falseness was in that statement. But he doesn't say too much to them. He just tells them that after his resurrection, you will understand some of these things. But what, what kind of a power was it that... I guess I can't put it into words. What kind of a power was it that, that raised Jesus from the dead? That brought him back to life? Because Jesus says... I have the power to lay my life down and I have the power to raise myself to life again. We, we look at it in a natural sense and we say the events of the day and, and Jesus, we might say, lost popularity or, or I don't know how else you'd word it, but if without, without looking at the, the simple fact that, that Jesus is God and he's he is all-knowing, even as God is, that we, we go away from these things to our, to our nat- into our natural thinking, and we, and we think that the Roman soldiers killed him and, and put him on the cross and all these things. He says he has the power to lay his life down. The Father's will was that he would lay his life down for us. And he, he has the power to raise himself to life again and that was the father's will he had the power to <coughs> excuse me he had the power to uh, fight the battle against all wrongdoing not just mine not just yours all wrongdoing that's ever been on the face of the earth we know that man left to his own devices always goes the wrong way he always goes downhill, and, and we can see that in the world around us, how, how things decay, not, not in a natural sense, but in a, in a spiritual sense, in, in people's lives. They go that way. It says the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Do, do we believe that? Do we, <coughs> do we feel that every day? I have to say I don't. But sometimes, sometimes we feel it. Sometimes we get a, a little glimpse. I guess this <coughs> best experience two weeks ago. It made me maybe think more deeply than I usually do, and I was praying that something would be given to me. And I'll just read part of it. It's, it's in the very, the very last chapter in the Old Testament, Malachi. It talks about <clears throat> people that go their own way, and do their own thing. And they'll even tell you that they're prospering and they're getting ahead. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and I think of... David in that, I think it's the 73rd Psalm where he talks about looking out at others and, and unbelieving people and seeing how they prosper and they, they get along so well and, and they're doing fine until it says then, then that he was shown their end. 
that maybe things went along good in this life, but their end was not good. And this, in Malachi, speaks of the same things. It says, Your words have been stout against me, says, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so, so much against thee? Ye have said, It is vain to serve God, and what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. This is what we hear from the world, and this is what David was seeing. He was in that in that state of mind where he was seeing these things and thinking that he could be envious of these people. But then it says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. I was just reading there about Abraham's experience when he was pleading with God over those cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the life and the things that were going on there was extremely grieving to him. But he still prayed and bargained with God for these people. And, and it's indicated in there that about, I guess it's thoughts of Abraham having, and he, he says, a man like me is even talking to God and pleading with God, and God is hearing. He hears his own. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. This is a promise that God has given us. This is a promise that sometimes we have a hard time believing that if I call on God, He will hear me. I don't I don't think there's any other well I know there is no other faith and understanding outside of this living word where they call on some kind of a superior being and he hears them. They they think that he hears them. And they think that they they have things have some kind of a connection with a higher being, but I don't believe they do. It says they that feared the Lord, they that feared the Lord, spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance, remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon His name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. God, God gives us knowledge and understanding between right and wrong when we're a child of God. So this spirit or this power that raised up Jesus from the dead, power of God, the power of life, the power of, of, well, people say the power of the universe. It's, it's, it's even more than that. It's, it's all of what heaven and earth consists of. And it's the good power. It's not, it's not the bad power in the, in the way that men go. It says that if this, if this spirit 
dwells in us, it'll also quicken our mortal bodies. We, we, we walk a different walk than the unbeliever. We might have the same tendencies, the same weaknesses, same understandings in a lot of ways, but our walk is going down a different road. And, and I guess, I, guess I, I saw that when two weeks ago today, Beth had her operation there for gallbladder, and, and the doctor said that of the many, many operations he's done, he'll remember this one because she had infection and, and it wasn't nice and all these things, and I won't go into that, but, but there was a, a few hours that... There was a chance she might not make it. I guess we live lives that often we're not aware of, but we might come uh, have a close shave with death or whatever way you want to put it, and we don't even know about it. But somehow this was, was more than that. So what's the most important thing? That if it goes that way, that we don't make it, we're ready to go. Our brother John there is in the hospital in Red Deer, again, we heard this morning. And he's been on again, off again with this for a couple of months. And we pray for him. And I've, I've visited him now several times. He's ready to go. His heart, is, his heart is giving out, but he's ready to go. And one minute he's talking about getting out and, and doing things and, and helping Lyle plant trees and all these things. And the other minute he says, if, if it comes, it comes, and he's ready. What's the difference? I'll be in heaven, he says. Even at my age, I don't think of these things. I think of getting some piece of equipment working a little better or getting my hay off or whatever it might be. I guess my health has been good enough that I haven't thought about those things too much. The most important thing is that we have faith, that we believe. This text I read, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. So... What are we indebted to? We're indebted to. I guess, I guess that song we sang there, no other song I sing but Jesus, I can't, I can't remember all the words, but we're indebted to him. We, we have run up a bill with our, our lives and our sins. We are, we are sinful by nature. Here, here, a few verses before, it says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither, neither indeed can be. And, and in the chapter before that, we see, we see Paul struggling with that battle he had, and he says, That which I do, I allow not. For, for what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. It, it seems like it's, it's a bit of a tongue twister. 
Then if I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. It's a hopeless case. And that's what he says. How hopeless it is. For, for the good that I would, I do not. He knows better, but he doesn't do it. It's good that he should be doing it. Now, if I do that what I, that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. We have that, we have that spirit of, of wrongdoing in us. For I, I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I only have death to look forward to. But he says then, in the last verse, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. No other song I sing but the song of Jesus. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So he's He's making it clear that we're, we're a twofold being here as we go through this life. And in, in the chapter before this, it tells us very plainly For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. No, don't do that, is what he says. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. That's that, that's that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. dwells in each one of us. And of course, Jesus says, I will never leave you in forsake you. When, when, we're, when we're facing the end of our lives here, I don't think there's anybody that doesn't think of more serious things. Maybe I'm wrong there, I don't know. We're debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. We're, we're debtors to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And normally we have a debt, and we have to go pay it, pay up. Jesus did it for us. For if you live, up, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit you mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. We, we don't mortify the deeds of the body through through good works or, or any works of our own, any glorious thoughts of our own. We do it because the Holy Spirit leads us, constrains us to believe. Believing is something no one has ever been able to do on their own. We we come to this word and we learn of the things and the, and the ways of good and evil. It doesn't matter. Probably most 
chapters in this whole Bible from one end to the other contrast good and evil. Those are scenes to think about. Good and evil. We mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The world doesn't understand that. The world doesn't live that way. That we might have that song on our heart. I'm a child of a king. With Jesus my Savior. I'm a child of a king. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We, we come under that spirit of bondage when, when we... Well, I think of the Muslim faith and it's... It's, it's the epitome of the spirit of bondage. But not only that. If, if we do, like I read in the, in the sixth chapter there, if we live after the desires of our own flesh and our own hearts in that way, we're, just not, we're under just as much bondage. It keeps us there. We, can, we can't get away from it. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Jesus is All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any, any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If we, if we take this word to heart, sincerely, we will come under that, that we're laboring and heavy laden. If we, if we study, and we don't have time to go through it all, but if we study the, the conversion of Saul, how he was ambitiously going along, and finding believers and hailing them to prison and even unto death. He held the coats of those that stoned Stephen. All of a sudden, the light shines round about him above the brightness of the sun on his way to Damascus. He finds himself right here, laboring and heavy laden. Jesus has come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I will take you out of that bondage. I will take you into a life of joy and happiness and hope of eternal life. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're adopted by Jesus. Here it says, We receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We have a new father. Not, not that our physical father on this earth isn't our father anymore. It is. He is. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But our heavenly father is the one that we look up to. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. How do we know? There are, there are many understandings of the Scripture where people don't seem to have any idea 
whether they're truly saved or not, or whether they have a living hope of eternal life. Here it says that the, the Spirit, the same Spirit, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We can live in that confidence that I am the child of the King. Jesus died for me. Remember the old preacher Ray Hillman saying that. We can tell, we can tell the story of salvation. We have, we have the right and the freedom and, and, and every, every understanding that this is for me. I could put my own name there. He did it for me. Yes, he did it for countless millions. Died and rose again, but he did it for me. That's, that's the most important for each one of us as individuals. And if children... It says we're children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. In the twelfth chapter, I believe it is, of John, Jesus He's on his way to Jerusalem, and he came into Jerusalem. There's different places that say about Jesus that his time was not yet come, had not yet come. Here, when he comes into Jerusalem, he says, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Remember, Jesus came back from the dead, a glorified being. You might say he looked the same, but he had conquered all wrongdoing. He came back. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat die and uh, fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. We all know that if we plant a seed, and it isn't a, a living seed, it just falls into the ground and turns back into soil eventually. Jesus was explaining how he would fall into the ground and die, so, so to speak. But it would rise to life again. And that would bring forth much fruit. He that, he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life, unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? This is similar to what he said in the Garden of Gethsemane, asking God to remove that cup from him, if it is at all possible. But he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. That cup of, of the bitterness of the wrath of God because of sin. Well, not his sin, but our sin. He, he was sinless. His soul is troubled. 
Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this world. Unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. The name of God has always been glorified in, in circles concerning these things. It's not glorified out in the world. It's glorified here in this little building today. That, that's why we gather. We gather to worship. We gather to sing. We gather to spend time around this word. Jesus says to do these things in his name. He's here amongst us. He promises to be here amongst us. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. It talks in here about that we would be glorified together with Jesus. I both glorified it and I will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. When the prince of the world was cast out, Jesus returned after he died. Returned to this world. He won that battle against all wrongdoing. He won it for you and I. And we have judgment then. We have judgment between what is good and what is bad. It's as simple as that. Which one was it in the Old Testament? Was it Saul? Wise man. All he wanted to know was right from wrong. It seems pretty simple, but the unbeliever does not know right from wrong. He might have some semblance of that, but the simple fact that he is, he is an unbeliever means he doesn't know right from wrong. We don't always know right from wrong. But if we're put to a test and we go to this word, doesn't matter what kind of a test we have in mind. We go to this word for answers. It'll give you the right answer. That's a promise. That's a promise that we can, with all humility, receive and understand and believe. This word will give us the right answer. It says we're children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God. We're, we're uh, as, as it says there before, adopted sons of the Lord Jesus Christ, sons and daughters. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Remember Moses. I remember the old preacher Fred Johnson saying that Moses could have been heir to a pyramid. When Napoleon was down in the in that part of the country where the pyramids are, it says their history books say that he rode past the pyramids with 
several thousand men and, and told them that, that 4,000 years of history looks down upon you. Wouldn't that be nice to have that have your name in that book of history? It didn't mean anything to Moses. It says that he chose to suffer affliction with the children of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He had, in, in the conditions and the places place he grew up, he had every reason to become a pharaoh, probably. Name goes down in history. But we sing that song, If I gain the world, I lost the Savior. Were my life worth living for a day? Could my yearning heart find rest and comfort in the things that soon must pass away? Those pyramids were built and we look at them. Call them one of the seven wonders of the world. I hope those men's souls were saved. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. We, have, we haven't received our reward yet. The re- we, we have rewards in this life. We, we have what we might call a good life. Because God is with us and he blesses his own. With eternal blessings. I would say for the most part, God has given his his own children a good life in this life but not everybody has a good life in this life that's a child of God but we wait for that we wait for that as the song says great and glorious day for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us in the 11th chapter Romans the end of that or not Romans, pardon me, Hebrews, the faith chapter, he talks about people's lives. He talks about every different kind. And I've, I've, I've said this since I was a teenager and read this and, and always wondered about exactly what some of it means. And what shall I say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, and of Jephthah, and of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And, and I look at these things and I say, That's the way to go. That's where I want to be. But then we read on, and it wasn't nice for others. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. It got to the point where life here on earth didn't hold much for them. These ones... Others had trial of cruel mockings, scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with a sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. 
this group of people didn't have too much going for them, you might say, as far as this world is concerned. But I like this part. It says, of whom the world was not worthy. I think if you're like me, you often find yourself not worthy to be a Christian. I don't find myself worthy to be to be up here speaking. It's, it's not about being worthy. But it says the world is not worthy of these Christian people. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, we've received faith. We've come to that place I spoke of with, with Paul where he found himself to be a sinner. And what shall I do? Ananias assured him that his sins are forgiven. He speaks about that later. He says all these things that happened to him are for the remission of his sins. They had faith. Without faith, we see in the, in the word tells us without faith it is not possible to please God. God gives us faith. We, we don't please him because we have so much faith that all of a sudden he's happy with us. He gives us faith. But they haven't received the promise. They haven't received their eternal reward. God, God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made for it. I believe, I believe every saved individual will be made perfect and righteous and be a glory to God forever when that, when that day of judgment comes. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So what if I have a bad life here as long as I believe? We have a good life in this country. Not all people do. In many countries, people are persecuted for faith, for their, for their faith in a living God. And it might come here too. It says these things are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. We will be a glorified being, even as Jesus was when he came back to this earth. And then, of course, we let, he left this earth in, in that state. We look for that day. We pray for ourselves and others that we can keep faith. Keep that. Keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ until we close our eyes to this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we receive the benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.